This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. And it is great to be back here today after, I must say, a fabulous holiday in India. A different world, boy, let me tell you. But doesn't seem like much has changed here at home because here we have just the latest piece of information that has people fuming over the hydro situation. And while tens of thousands of customers were disconnected and hundreds of thousands have been suffering because of the astronomical rates, salary details revealed that the five-member executive team shared more than $11 million in compensation last year, with CEO Mayo Schmidt raking in just under $5 mil. Meanwhile, in addition to paying those bills, taxpayers are also footing the bills for those ads, those really positive ads touting the government's plan to cut hydro rates. I wonder if anyone out there has anything to say about all of that. The numbers to call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740. 4740. And right now, I am on the line with Todd White, the PC Energy Critic. Hello. Hi, Libby. Todd Smith here. How are you? Sorry. (laughs) I'm a little jet lagged, so please forgive me. Todd White is a former hockey player in the NHL. Okay, I'm, I'm, uh, (laughs) that's me. My bad. Sorry. Uh, So, what do you make of uh, this information that came out? Well, you know what, we had anticipated uh, quite conservatively that uh, the new CEO at Hydro One was going to get $4 million a year in compensation, so we were blown away yesterday when we actually got the numbers that were disclosed, uh, that it was closer to $4.6 million that the new CEO is getting at Hydro One, which is way more than any of his counterparts in other jurisdictions across the country and even in the United States. So um, it just goes to show that the Liberal government has created a new millionaires club at Hydro One. Unfortunately, we just don't know how many members there are in that club because, uh, according to securities legislation, uh, because they're a publicly traded company, they're only uh, they're only forced, I guess, uh, yeah. or required to expose the top five executives at Hydro One and their salaries. Well, exactly. Uh, and uh, does this surprise you? That they're making as much as they are? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, we knew that uh, that the new CEO was going to be um, compensated extremely well. And as I say, we thought it was going to be more in the $4 million area, which is still about 10 times higher than his counterparts in Quebec and B.C. and other provinces across the country. Uh, but when it came in at 4.5 or 4.6 million in total compensation, we were uh, we were quite shocked by that. Um, and you know, this is still uh, an entity that the government says that it has some control in. They've only sold 30 percent of the shares so far. They plan to send 60. 
60, spend uh, or, or sell 60, I should say. Uh, they haven't gotten to that point yet, but uh, they still control the compensation, and, and it's the province that could poo-poo these kinds of massive salaries, but they know have, a, have no appetite to do that, it appears. Well, uh, the justification that they're offering is they're saying, well, but these guys cut $25 million from the budget. Right. Well, that may be the case. And I mean, certainly there needed to be some efficiencies found at Hydro One. I think anybody out there that's been paying an electricity bill knows that there's a lot of waste in the system that's had occurred. They could have done that without paying $4.6 million in compensation. Uh, I just don't know if the government had the stomach or the ability to try and find those efficiencies on their own. And and clearly they they didn't. They they paid out this massive type of uh, salary package uh, to get it done for them. Well, I mean, honestly, even if he, they did cut $25 million, uh, if you make some cuts, you get half of it back or almost half of it back. It seems a bit excessive, even by uh, an excessive measure. Well, and, and that's the thing. And, and there's just no transparency in this whole process because we're just seeing the top five executives. There are many executives at Hydro One. Uh, many other VPs that we don't know how much uh, they're making. So just how big is this Millionaire's Club at, uh, at Hydro One? And just how large now has the Sunshine List grown to uh, at Hydro One? We don't know. Well, because... they don't appear on the Sunshine List anymore. That's that, right. So that's, uh, that's, that's a reason that we don't find out. For, for just to refresh people's memory, that's the list of government employees who make more than $100,000. I think at Hydro One, perhaps 100000 is chump change. I think you're probably right. I know the list was uh, thousands of names long uh, when it was previously released in 2015, and this is the second straight year uh, that the Sunshine List hasn't included uh, the names and salaries of employees at Hydro One. Um, It's all part of this uh, very behind-the-black-curtain deal uh, that's been orchestrated by the government to sell off the Crown Corporation, and it's been a very unpopular move by all polling accounts. Uh, And it's interesting. uh, One of your colleagues uh, has unveiled a private member's bill, and they want uh, the bill to allow the Auditor General to, again, veto ads. Yeah, that's right. Sylvia Jones, uh, our deputy leader who hails from... uh, Dufferin Caledon introduced her private member's bill this morning, and there's been a lot of controversy over the last couple of weeks here at Queen's Park about the fact that uh, the government is spending uh, at least a million dollars that we know about on radio ads uh, promoting their fairer hydro plan that they've uh, rolled out when they haven't even introduced any legislation uh, to back up this so-called scheme at Queen's Park. So they're spending government money, they're spending taxpayers' money, uh, to congratulate themselves on people saving up to 25%, which is very misleading because it's actually only a 17% plan. I think we've talked about that in the past. Right. Um, but, but, but this is infuriating people because where were the ads when the government was jacking up your hydro bill by 20% each year or 25% each year? The government wasn't too quick to promote those kinds of um, public uh, service messages. And, uh, and now, uh, clearly, they just want to try and get a bump in the polls, which uh, are, are seriously sagging for the Liberals, particularly the Premier, Premier Wynne, which is, uh, I think she's down around 12% in the polls right now. Right. I mean, and it did look like it was going to work because I saw a little bump right after the announcement, uh, but it seems that it went back down again. So uh, 
I don't know uh, if people are going to be fooled, but... Uh, yeah, I think they're seeing through it, right? Uh, you know, this is... And keep in mind that the plan that they unveiled is a $25 billion price tag when it comes to um, interest payments that have to be paid over the life of it by electricity customers. So I think electricity customers out there know that somebody's got to pay for this. And uh, after the next election, we're going to see record high electricity bills uh, because the government isn't fixing the problem. I know we've talked about that in the past. They're just trying to shuffle this off, get them through that election period, and and then the prices are going to go sky high again. Uh, yep, Hydro. Well, let's go to the phones. Let's take a couple of calls. And we've got Brian in Etobicoke. Hello, Brian. Hello. How are you? Not too bad. You know, I've always wondered, what is it about the fact that you have somebody here running a government utility a monopoly. It's not like he's running General Motors or Microsoft or anything out, and he's going out, say, on the golf course discussing business with other men. Why don't you move your production over to us? That sort of thing. It's a utility. And he makes $5 million for what? I'd like to know what he does for that kind of money. It's pretty much it should run itself all on its own. You don't need some high-priced executive to run it. Well, you probably do need somebody to run it, but maybe to run it a bit better. Um, well, what do you think? A lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Um, Todd was saying how what the disparity is between the, the salaries here as they privatize part of it and the salaries in other provinces. It's it's a different world. Oh wow, that's good old you know Club Lib Ontario, and Ontario Hydro has always been ridiculous wages anyway. Mm-hmm. And unlike the rest of us who got a reality check with uh, wage freezes and everything else, they, like government workers, just continued on their merry little way. Raises every year, more benefits, better pensions, and they just continue on to do it now. But hydro is just the height of ridiculousness. I do not know how he could justify that kind of wage. Please tell us what you do. Uh, Todd, do you have anything to say to Brian there? Well, you really can't justify it, especially when you do the comparables with other provinces. As I've said, uh, you look at what's happening in Hydro-Quebec right now, where electricity prices in Quebec are a third of what they are here in Ontario, and uh, they seem to be functioning perfectly well there. It's a little bit more complex system here in Ontario, I'll give you that, because we don't have quite as much hydroelectric, but uh, there certainly has been a mess made uh, here at Hydro One, and I think what the government has done is uh, just uh, thrown their hands up in the air and said, we got to pay somebody to come in here and try and fix this for us, whatever the price tag. And, and clearly that's not acceptable to the ratepayers and the taxpayers of Ontario who have to foot the bill for these kinds of salaries while their electricity prices are going through the roof. Oh, we had it fixed years ago. Maurice Strong did that to us when he stopped the building of more nuclear plants. Now we've got all these ridiculous windmills the solar plants going. No, that's right. And uh, and that's part of the problem as to why our electricity prices are as high as they are. And the one thing that the government didn't tackle when they brought in their scheme a couple of weeks ago was generation. And generation makes up 65% of the cost in the, the energy sector. And the government hasn't touched that. They've just uh, refinanced and, and put this massive $25 billion interest payment on our backs uh, in the future. Okay, Brian, thanks for your call. Thanks. Okay. Nick in Oakville. Hi, Nick. Hi, how are you? Fine, how are you? Not bad. Um, I don't understand how 
the liberals can even sell hydro. Like, it, just because they have a majority government, how can they even sell it? Like, shouldn't there have been a referendum? Shouldn't the question have been, like, don't the people own hydro? Yeah, but we elected that government. But so what we elected them doesn't mean they can sell a utility, does it? Without asking us? Because they never, when they ran for uh, government, they never once said that they were going to sell hydro. That's a good point. That's no, a very good point. And, uh, and actually, uh, we just um, received a lot of the government polling that's been done over the last three years. That's been a story that's been in the news as well. And, and this government knew all along that uh, 80, 85 percent of the public thought that selling off Hydro One was a terrible idea, yet they went down this road anyway. And uh, I think there's two reasons for it. They were getting killed over the um, uh, the the the, uh, the billing uh, situation at Hydro One and the fact that the bills are as high as they are and this is a crisis for them and uh, and also the fact that um, uh, they needed to get some some revenue uh, they they want to spend more money so so they sold this off they 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 promised not to sell uh, so Hydro have, One they have you? the legal right as the government to sell the utility yep. And, and, and QP has uh, brought in a, a lawsuit uh, to that effect, uh, the, the uh, union has. Um, but uh, clearly what we're seeing right now is a government who's already sold off two tranches of, uh, of shares into Hydro One. They've sold off 30% of the company. How, Patrick how Brown and our party have been telling them, stop the sale right there, keep uh, the majority ownership of the shares. Well, that's what I mean. Like, it's the same old story. They want to privatize everything. They privatize it. Then they run it into the ground, and then the government ends up buying it back. Like, I don't know why we have to keep going through this. Well, and as for, as for hydro costs, and you, you spoke about solar and wind, yeah, the deals they, they wrote up were, were stupid with Samsung and the rest of those. But the thing is, though, nuclear, you can't keep going nuclear. It's too expensive. It's too expensive, it's too complex, and it's too dangerous. What do you do with the waste? After 70 years, you still don't know what to do with the waste. So, like, nuclear is not the way to go. I, well, you actually, work nu- on other things. Yeah, nuclear is the is uh, all in. Uh, cradle to grave is the is the cheapest form of electricity, and it's our largest well, baseload source of electricity in the province too. It's about six point six. That's right. right that's right. And how many times has in, uh, in any of those reactors have they ever all been lit up? And the reason we have to dump power is because once you light those rods. You have to get rid of the electricity. Yep. So you have to dump it, and people here they take it. Yep. Okay. So, Thanks for your call, Nick. Okay. Bye. 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 Okay. Um, we'll try to get a few more in before the break. We've got John in Brampton. Hi, John. Hi. How was the holiday? The holiday was great. <laughs> You're <laughs> on the air. Please go ahead. I, well, okay, I guess this is a, a, more of a comment to, to the listeners in general. When are we going to stop whining and actually do something about hydro? If we've got a union, and I'm not a big fan of unions, but even a clock that doesn't work is right twice a day, why don't we get on board with, with the union and really make it a worthwhile, concerted effort? Give well, them all the, the money they need. Support it financially and make this lawsuit work. Well, the lawsuit is now before the courts. Uh, I, I don't think that the issue is is whether they have enough money to fight the lawsuit. It's That's always money. 
Well, I don't know about that. I think that if people want to do something about this, and it's unclear how many contracts or anything like that we can get out of, I mean, it, the, the next opportunity is in the election. Would you agree with that, Todd? Yeah, we've been fighting a lot of uh, community groups in, in various parts of the province that have been fighting the government and fighting the ministry and fighting the developers of these wind and solar contracts as well. Let's put them together. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing. Could you have a class action lawsuit? All of these different uh, community groups are, are fighting individually, and it's very expensive. It's a very, very expensive proposition. I come from Prince Edward Hastings riding, so Prince Edward County, where there are at least three or four groups that are fighting the wind turbine projects that were proposed uh, for Prince Edward County, and uh, they're ringing up uh, lawyer bills, as you could imagine, with... Uh, with great responsibility um, themselves, if the courts don't rule in their favor, that they may have to pick up the costs for the government and, and uh, for the developers as well. So there's a, a lot of risk involved here when you take on the government. And, of course, we know that the government has deep, deep pockets to fight these things for long periods of time. So it's a very expensive uh, venture for community groups to take on the government. Yep. Um, but I, I think clearly the easiest thing to do will be to vote these guys out in a year's time and then hopefully the new party and the new government that comes in will start to right some of the wrongs that have occurred over the last 13 years. Well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm sure that's what... I have in politicians... What? Sorry, go ahead. I, as much faith as I have in politicians, um, I would still like to see the groups who have a, a targeted, specific interest to come together. And again, as I said when I started, that let that be a challenge to, to the listeners out there. It's got to be somebody... With the, with the ability to put to connect some of these groups together and and together we we create a power base that really nobody wants to tangle with including the government okay well um you know carp had the hydro heat or eat campaign which seems to have been effective but but uh, there are a lot of problems beyond that uh john it's always a good idea i think for uh, voters to become engaged and to get involved thanks very much for your call okay thank you okay uh that is uh just about all the time we have for this issue uh todd smith before you go anything you'd like to leave us with uh, you know what? I mean, this is, uh, has been an issue that uh, we've talked about numerous times, uh, Libby, and it's going to be uh, uh, the big issue, I think, leading up to the election. What the government has offered simply doesn't fix the problems that they created as a result of the Green Energy Act. And, um, you know, they're going to use taxpayers' dollars to try and change the channel from this, but I don't think people are going to buy it. Um, there's nothing in the plan for our small and medium-sized businesses as well, so our job creators are really, really feeling the pinch for the mistakes that the government has been making, and a lot of them are being lured to southern jurisdictions in the United States and to our uh, provincial neighbors as well because of lower-cost electricity. So uh, it's a big issue. Uh, we're putting together our plan to make sure that we get this right. It's a very complex uh, file, um, but you have to stop doing what you have been doing, and the government hasn't realized that yet. Okay. Todd Smith, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Libby. Anytime. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.